and a welcome, listeners, to what is sure to be the deadliest radio show going around <laughs> all day. Uh, I'm Bryce Jarvis, and you're listening to a very special edition of News from the Drug War Front. Uh, it's Reconciliation Week. It was Reconciliation Day yesterday. And on today's show, we have The Connection's very own Eva Lee Williams. Hello. Hello. And joining us, as always, the lovely Marion Watson. And, um, yeah, Marion, say hello. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Good morning, Sorry. everybody. <laughs> lovely because I've got my livery on, even though I'm on the radio. Good morning, everybody. It's freezing cold out there. You've got no excuse, my darlings, for not listening to the radio. Because if you go outside, it's nine degrees. You will freeze your knackers off. Yeah, very, very, very cold. So I'd like to just acknowledge the country and bringing you news from the drug war front acknowledges and pays respect to past, present and emerging traditional custodians and elders of the nation and continuation and vice for the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practice, practices of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander peoples of Australia or this country. News from the Drug War Front reports on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured in this program come from other sources, including the mainstream media. And as such, the contents of the news from the Drug War Front broadcast or podcast may not necessarily reflect the views or the policies of Karma and the Connection. Karma and the Connection focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the division of person-centred holistic health care. Karma exists to promote the health and human rights of people who use drugs and people I did that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you didn't listen, Bryce. <laughs> and people who oh use drug God. treatment services, or whether they use drug treatment services or not, karma is there for people who use drugs. And we make no judgment. We're a peer organisation. Apologies uh, for my interruption there, Maz. <laughs> karma and the Connection provide a wide range of services such as advocacy, peer treatment support, education, art therapy, support groups, mentoring and referrals, Above all, Karma and the Connection are people-focused services to uh, seeking to reduce harm in our community. Karma and the Connection are located in the Belconnen Churches Centre at Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. The drop-in hours are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. Contact can be made on 6253 3643 or by emailing karma at Karma can assist people with a wide range of issues, including advice and advocacy around opioid maintenance treatment, accessing and being trained to treat your hepatitis C in conjunction with hep ACT and the Reach, Teach, Treat and Thrive program. Uh, more information about that program can be um, sought from Karma. Helping people to cope with and overcome the impact of stigma and, and discrimination directed towards them as illicit drug users helping people to access detox, rehab and other alcohol, tobacco and other drug treatment services. Uh, Karma also has a walk-in clinic on a Wednesday between 10am to 2pm and no appointment is necessary and that's through Directions ACT. Peer education workshops including the Opioid Overdose Management Training Incorporating Take-Home Naloxone and The Fix which is a one-hour paid workshop 
uh, a series of one hour paid workshops that aim to educate people in all aspects of harm reduction. I have no tongue today. Mm. Providing assistance and (laughs) advocacy for people who are experiencing social issues or having trouble navigating social services. And Maz, do you want to finish this off? Absolutely, darling. Tongues are overrated anyway. The Connections Harm Reduction Peer Education Program, Murugadi, is for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients, and that's going to either going to talk a bit more about that yeah. in a minute. The Connection team also offer all the same assistance as Karma, but is a culturally appropriate in a culturally appropriate fashion that is tailored specifically for um, indig- for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients. If you're having problems with alcohol, tobacco or drug use or the services that are set up essentially to deliver Um, services to you as a drug using client and you don't know where to get help or even if you just want to have a chat about your use with someone who can empathise with your experience or who is a peer who will not judge you for it or give karma a call on 62533643 as we said before and if we're unable to help you then we will find you someone who can. So let's go to our first song hey, and then we'll come back with Eva. Uh, Eva, what is that song? Oh, the first song is from Archie Roach, uh, Took the Children Away. Welcome back, listeners. Sorry, Maz, you're not on yet. (laughs) Turn me on. Now you're on. Uh, Welcome back to the News from the Drug Warfront uh, special edition show, Reconciliation Show, 2XXFM 98.3, People Powered Radio. And it's... 10.43 on the 27th of May 2022 and we're now going to have something from Eva Lee who's going to tell us all about the connections and Muragadi, its program. All right, hello. My name is Eva Lee Williams. I am a Ngunnawal woman, um, Ngunnawal and Noongar. My mother is from WA, Noongar woman, and my father is from Yasso, Ngunnawal. Um, so I'm just going to talk about The Connection. The Connection is the Karma's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander service run by and for in the Indigenous community. The Connection is run by a team that identifies as Indigenous so they understand the cultural needs of our community. The Connection staff work across all Karma programs and services providing additional cultural support to treatment to treatment paths within our organisation and with our partner organisations as well. So I'm going to have another talk about Murugadi. So Murugadi is a, a group that I've put together our, our, um, uh, run by Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander for Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander. And um, so uh, Murugadi means pathways of searching as um, we all, we're all on a pathway of searching in our lives and I thought it was the most appropriate. It's in Ngunnawal language. So, um, so alcohol and other drugs is one of the nine key priority areas for um in the in the Aboriginal community. Uh so the connection provides advocacy and support to Aboriginal people who use alcohol and other drugs or access treatment services in the ACT. Um in so uh, Aboriginal support peer support workers education group called Murugadi, which was enthusiastically received by the community. 
Um, in the first, in just the first two groups alone, over 30 participants turned out to provide wow. input into the Mirigati mm. program. The community is now excited about the new program, and after two more successful groups, um, which started in 2020, so two years ago I started that group. Um, so the community have made it clear that they will like to continue to seek better education on health outcomes for their families and broader communities through um, the Connection Initiative. So the aim of the group is to allow the community, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait community to have a voice, share their concerns and educate others on how to advocate for themselves. Um, it was, it's real, like, it, it was the, one of the best groups that I've, I reckon that I put together. Um, mm -hmm. I had a good age range, you know, I had teenagers yep. from 18 to grandmothers to 60 years old. My first group was on methamphetamines and that was um, really good. I even learnt some things that I never knew about and I was the one that, you yeah. know. You could teach me stuff yeah, about that. Well, yeah. Like the uh, amount we don't know about methamphetamines, well it probably fill a bigger bucket than what we do know, it, yeah? That's it, And that's that's my aim is to, you know, get get what topics out there uh, we need mostly from the community. So the, when I did the group, so we did an evaluation and they just um, put down an evaluation what else they'd like to learn in the next groups yeah. and all that. And they wanted an, um, another methamphetamine um, peer education group. So I did yep. ended up doing two. So, and then my next one will be on heroin and all the effects that come yeah. with heroin. And then we'll be doing um, not some naloxone training so everybody can go home yeah. with some naloxone right. kits and Good. stuff like that. And everybody gets paid to attend um, if you attend the full you have to, you have to attend the full three hours to to get the to get the payment so you, you can't don't just get be paid there. till the end that's right yeah. you can't be there for <laughs> half the an hour and it. be like oh I've got an appointment blah 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 but 30 is a good number to start yeah it was with, really hey? great really great response. it was really great but I, 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 I because I had two groups I had to split it um, because of COVID and well, all that so but 15 that, but yeah 15 is a good size for it a group was, anyway it was a, 30 is it too was big. really good yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I had two groups so then I can um, you know the other talk to everybody everyone too. and have yeah. everybody's input but yeah it was really good really ideally great. what's the um sorry uh what's the purpose of the group like is it so the purpose the education ed obviously your mob yeah, you know? yeah 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 so you know i've gone around the community and i've asked people if they know you know much about you know the signs and symptoms of um overdose and you know amigas are heavy um, opioid users, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And some of them don't know. So it's good for me to put uh you know, put a presentation together and teach them, you know, all the all the harms related to, you know, all these drugs that we're using but we don't know what's in them, you know what I yeah. mean? And we don't know because street know the, drugs. That's yeah. right. Yeah. What do you know, know about street drugs? Nobody knows Nothing. the effects, you know, of them unless they learn. So yeah. oh, that's why I'm here to teach them and then they can pass that on and so on, so on, you know, knowledge is power. So and you, you know, get you get feedback back from them yeah. doing the groups too yep, so sure they know do. stuff that you don't know too yep, yep. and that gives everybody a yep. chance to and that's when that's when a yearning uh, yarning circle yep um, you know, comes comes up and then we're just sitting there talking you know most of them i've grown up for the last 20 years with so it's just it's a normal it's a normal brother you know brother so boy conversation to yeah. me you know what i mean so yeah. Yeah, and, and that's how it comes out and it just comes out naturally and then i pick up all that all that information and i put it down and then you what's know what's the gender mix evolution oh everything 
That's so I mean, like there's there's no there's no there's, ba- a, there's a balance there's no, no discrimination no, no, between no. men and women no. no problem about that no no problem about that well the first thing I do when I do my groups is um we do rules and regulations <laughs> that's well, so I, I write important. I write down the rules and I go around the room and I get everybody you know um what body you know we're all here together you know um if you know I had a brother and sister turn up one day and you know that they've been fighting for the last mm. yeah. six months but they still turned up one sat on one room and one sat on the other room <laughs> but they stayed there they you know stayed, because yeah. they were there you know and i was really proud of them and i you know I've, I, I grew up with them for the last 20 years yeah and usually they're killing each other by the throat but um i was real proud of them you know <laughs> yeah. they, they stuck to it and did what they needed to do and and yeah, they did the whole really thing good. they, they did, did the whole, whole thing yeah hours. that's great did the whole three hours yeah and didn't, you didn't speak to each other, but still did the whole, <laughs> whole three hours. Hey, they were there. That's did you, that, and they were there. So. <clears throat> did you find that there was a lot of hostility between people? Because I know, you know, any group of drug users, there's not necessarily a sense of community. Just because you use drugs doesn't mean that you're a community member. That's it. You actually have to have similar goals or a, or a, a similar you know you build a community it yeah. doesn't mm. a community doesn't just exist in, well, I, in I, a vacuum I was quite, quite lucky because um you know they when we did the rules and regulations i was basically leave your stuff outside if you come into the group you're in the group you know what i mean this group is for you don't muck it up for everybody else otherwise i won't be able to run them mm. so yep. when i when i put that down they were kind of like oh yeah all right you know we, you know and um, yeah the hostility there was actually i was very surprised myself especially a, a room full of black fellas um <laughs> and they respected you they respected as a younger me. woman yeah, they respected yeah. me and i respected them and you know uh, my my role was not to to be like oh yeah this is my group you do what i say it was none of that you no know? preaching none of that none of that mm. my 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 main um my main saying was you know this group is your group i'm just here to help you guys find out it. what you need yeah, to know find out what you need to know and yeah. what, what more you want you know? excellent yeah. yeah so yeah and i can't wait to so i'm hoping to get um the next because of covid it's just so difficult to mm. try and um cement in and look there's a flu going around at the and moment too we need yep. to remember that's a really nasty one so i'm trying to get back COVID on. hasn't gone either no it? it's still there yeah that's yeah. right it, i mean It'll be with us forever. So we know shame kind of exists as drug users. That's just, you yeah, know, that's just, and it's other people's, yeah. you know, um, discrimination and whatever, and it that's causes it. shame. So do you find there's more shame in the Indigenous community around drug use? And that's like what, you know, a benefit of your group is that they can all come together and... Sort of, you know, that's a yes and you know, no because yeah. you've got the you've got the mob that have grown up, um, grown up um, with it around them the whole life, yeah. so it's normal to them. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the mob that haven't grown up around it yeah. the whole life, yeah, okay. so it it's very it's very it's a it's a balancing act at the mm. moment with that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So yeah. So but, do you find yeah. you're teaching people who don't use by introducing them to people who do use? Yeah. You well. Think? Yeah. Well. Um. I had a gentleman um, come to one of my first groups and he, he wasn't a user at all. Um, he, he actually came because his nieces were on mm. methamphetamine yep. and he tried mm. to get his sister, the mother of his niece of, of his nieces, to come in and do the group. And then um, when he came to the group, he you know told me why he was there and I'm like... And, you know, he never touched, never touched ice in his life, you know what I mean? But yep. he was just there just to learn 
of the harms related to it so he could teach his sister to teach her her daughters you know yeah. and these are the little yeah. little, yeah. These are little the girls like 17 year old little yeah. girls you know what i mean yeah. oh wow so yeah, yeah that's you know and that, that's when he told me that i'm like you know this is why i put on groups for this reason yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like and it, it was amazing if, it was great oh, it's preventative and, yeah. and eva you're written all about it when it comes to you know first nations um peer education yeah. so from a non-judgmental point of view the connections or your group is actually all there is that's in it. the ACT there, yeah, yeah. for acceptance yeah that's it we're You're still getting discrimination the only group, the Service. Any other service, yeah. No, yeah. Still very discriminatory. We're the only peer service that provides a, um, training and education on AOD to our peers. Yes, yeah. and, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and we get, yeah, we get judged just a lot because just because of that peer word, you know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. oh, my God, they're peers. Like, ooh. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, we've got so, triple trouble, yeah? yeah? You're a woman, you're black, yeah. And, yeah. and you're a drug user. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that hard? When you started, I remember when you started, that was the statement from the heart. That was the first time that I actually really had connection with any idea of First Nations people and what... Where the, what their situation was, other than I'd spent two weeks in the Torres Strait mm. region having a look at their, uh, particularly alcohol use, because that yep. was the drug of choice up there, or that was what was available yeah, up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and it was just amazing, you know, that they had no idea other than the research on how poor the health of Torres Strait Islanders yeah. was. Mm. Yeah? yeah, so... They had no idea the, and they didn't care. And really. it hasn't changed. All they've done is present research That's it. Yeah, yeah, on how bad the health is of First Nations Australians. Yeah. And yeah. you just think, well, can't you get a step further than yeah. that? Mm. So this is like, this is like a big leap, really, isn't it, Muragati? Yeah. The whole concept is a big jump. That's it. To go from let's talk about what Grog's done to the community to peer education yeah. from mm. drug users to other drug users yeah. or to people who know drug users and want to help. That's it. Yeah? yeah. Well, and that judgment is the big, big issue. Big, Indigenous big drug issue. users are still drug users. Yeah. So they should, you know, get no judgment whatsoever. It, it shouldn't matter what the oh, colour is. I wish it's that like, was the case. Yeah, yeah I mean, but you're getting a double sort of thing because yeah. you're a drug user. Yeah. Well, that's what I say, treble, yeah, actually. Yeah, like, she's yeah. a woman too. Uh, like, I mean, it's like pouring salt into a wound that's already... So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the benefit of the group, obviously, is that you are educating your mob. What other benefits do you hope to get out of the group? Um... I'd love more mob to come and volunteer and help me run groups. Mm. That'd be that'd, I'd, I'd, you yeah. know, that's my aim. Yeah. Is you know I want them to come in and you know tell me what groups they'd like to be run, and yeah. then you know we can yeah. get you know get funding for it and stuff like that. But yeah, more more I'd like more members of the community to help me run groups. Shout out to the mob listening yeah. today. Shout yeah. out to the mob listening. Come see me. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> 62533643. Ask for Eva. You know, um, so, yeah, can you talk a bit more about um, you know, the next group you've got going on? So it was oh, about... Yeah. so it, my next group that I will be doing will be on opioids. Yeah. So yep. Um, I'll be doing a presentation on uh, opioids and heroin, where it comes from, how it's well, not... Not exactly how it's made. I don't want to let people know that information just yeah, a little bit. Well, none um, of us know how to make it. But yeah. I'll come to that one. 
<laughs> yeah, so, um, and it's very, it'll be very interesting. We're going to have some um, activities, food, you know, paid for the whole three hours, not That's just half an thing. hour. That's the other thing. Food always makes a difference. Food, especially with blackfellas. You've got food and they'll they'll come. Maybe. Not just blackfellas, <laughs> darling, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, true, everyone. Yeah. Remember the onions. <laughs> Free food tastes better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, and, and I'm hoping to have that... Um, Within the next two weeks, uh, the uh, uh, heroin group and Dave Baxter from Karma, he's going to come along. He does the naloxone training. Yeah, he's going to do the naloxone training and um, make sure everybody leaves with the naloxone kit. Fabulous, because I want everybody to have naloxone. I don't think there should be any bar to that. doesn't matter whether you know someone that uses heroin or not. It well, doesn't do anything but reverse well, it. We're trying to go out to Guggen yeah. and um, do some training out there mm. for staff and clients, you know, yeah. because it's the nasal one, it's more safer for children. Yeah, and to, it's, it's because, not intrusive, you know, not invasive. Yeah. You know, they, they see that stuff, you know what I mean? They see their parents OD and stuff like that, and usually they they're, they're, it's just them and their parents on their own. So they need to learn how to administer the nasal spray, which I reckon is so important. Absolutely. To, you know, if yeah. it was out there, they'd be, you know... And they, they can say mum or dad that's or sister right. or brother it doesn't, right. yeah, or cousin, right. doesn't matter. Knowledge is power, so that's why you need Always. to get this going. Absolutely. So I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Um, so, well, obviously there's details on Carmen's website about yep. Mirigati um, on the new website. Looks pretty it's spiffy. beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, karma.org.au. Yeah. Um, it's a new website, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You need to check it out, Marion. I'm, 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 I'm technophobic, so I'm afraid. <laughs> dates for your next group, sorry? I don't have dates okay. at the moment. Well, so uh, because of COVID, it's just a bit... Yeah, um, yeah. So... Obviously, people contact you. Contact me through the Karma the Connection. Put your name down. Evely Williams. Put your name down, details, and I'll put you on the list and um, get you into the group. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, we do a quick song. Oh, I don't know if we've got time for a Not quick song. Okay. We're going to have to stretch this. <laughs> All right. So maybe just go on a little bit about um, what yesterday meant for you, you know, and then we'll we'll. Go to the news and we'll come back to that. And do more of I that, mean, yeah. Yeah, so yesterday for you is obviously a big day. Reconciliation week. I mean, you know, it's it's a step in the right direction, you know. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um, you know, just we just want it to be recognised, you know, that equalness, that's all we're asking for really yeah. as First Nations people. Um just acknowledging that, just acknowledge that, you know, wrong was done by us and... To you, own yeah. Up. Heaps, just yeah. own up to mm. it, you know, so we can yeah. move on and, you know... And what's happened since Kevin Rudd said uh, sorry? Well, Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah? It was, yeah, that was just like, yeah. Peter Dutton walked out on it, mm. yeah? The new head of the Liberal Party walked out on, yeah. the, on that statement. When yeah, that's right. That's sorry to the country that was just atrocious and i don't think we should forget that no but we do have a new government so i think we've got a bit of new hope i i hope that you see that we have new hope anyway well we'll see how we go we'll see how we go with the um um elbow yeah. Elbow. Yeah. well all right we're gonna go to the news guys okay People Powered Radio 2XXFM 98.3 is your community radio station and needs your support. Visit our website to subscribe, donate or become a sponsor. 2XXFM.org.au 
Welcome back to News from the Drug War Front, Reconciliation Edition. You're listening to Bryce and Eva and Marion on People Powered Radio here, 2 FM 98.3. Eva. Hello, hello, hello. So I'm just going to have a yarn about reconciliation and what it means to us First Nations peoples. Reconciliation means acknowledging Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the First Nation peoples of this land and recognising that these peoples were dispossessed, persecuted and oppressed as a result of colonisation in Australia. And, you know, we're trying to fight to close that gap. Mm. Yeah. Which is hard bloody work yeah. as an Aboriginal yeah, yeah, yeah. people. I mean, uh, look. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the matter, you know. Look, that's why I would I'm I would come to the experts, you guys, and say, what can we do? How can we fix it? Yeah, and that's the problem. We're just not doing that. We're not listening to you guys as the experts. You know, if you want to know about something, you go to an expert subject matter. Uh, you know, and that would be I'm gonna say right. First Nations yeah, people yeah, First Nations just quietly, it. you know, yeah. like uh, <laughs> so that's how you fix the problem. It'd be good, but if not only listening, you got to actually yeah, do something do about action. it. Action, action, action. Yeah, you know. that's it. I mean, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit more of a chat about that when we come back. Yeah. So the next song is very important to you. It sure is. So the next song is Adam Briggs. Um, Garamal and D- uh, Dwayne e- Dwayne Everett Smith. Everett. Yes. Wayne. So this is a song. Uh, so we just played Archie Roach that took all the children away. Uh, children away. Uh, this is the second song to the second song to um, Uncle Archie Roach's took the children away. The children came back. This song's important to me because we recently just got our five nieces and nephews mm. out of care. Yeah. Um, and uh, That's fabulous. since February we fought from for about five six years. Wow. It was a long long hard journey, but we finally we finally got there. And you know it's good to just live a normal family life. So on 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 Sunday there was a reconciliation day eve concert that had Christine Arnu, um, Troy Casadaly's daughter Jem Casadaly and Adam Briggsy, yeah, um, and he was he's amazing. What a show that would have been! Oh. And Electric Fields was which is a um, uh, trans duo band, yes. and they were just I've amazing. Heard, I heard one of their songs on the weekend, amazing, actually. I can't remember amazing. the title of it. It was really good. And so when, when Breezy was singing this song that we were about to play um, on Sunday, my little niece got up on stage and um, was there clapping with him and, yeah, made me real proud. And, you know, if he only knew that they just came back home, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, let's <laughs> yeah. play Briggsy and right. enjoy the second song. No worries. From Uncle Rach. Uncle Rach. Welcome back. News from the Drug War Front on People Powered Radio 2XXFM 98.3. Over to you, Eva. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to have a yarn about National Sorry Day. So, National Sorry Day is the day to commemorate those taken, but sorry is not enough, for we need action. Bronwyn Carlson, the News Daily, um, wrote this article, uh, 26th of the 5th, 2022. This article was originally published in the Conversation. I think the Conversation is a news thing. Yeah. Um, this article contains mention of stolen generations and policies using outdated and potentially offensive terminology when referring to First Nations people. 
May 26 is National Sorry Day. On this day, we commemorate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who were forcibly removed from their families um, under government policies during the assimilation era, officially in 1910 to 1970. Those children were stolen from their families have, have become known as the Stolen Generations. Many survivors have provided an account of the violence they endured and the ongoing pain they experience as they, as they try to find their families. While some have managed to find their families, many have not. This has left an incredible pain that resonates in all aspects of their lives. While this is a national day of commem uh, commemoration... <laughs> it's a horrible one. Shamefully, it is. Uh, it barely rates a mention in the media. Mm. That's normal. Yep. Um, yeah. Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander people and communities, um, however, never forget. Never forget. How can we, when so many of our families have been impact, impacted by this legacy, and we and we got, also got to remember, inter, intergenerational trauma mm. is yep. really massive in, especially in Aboriginal families. You know, in mobs and that. And it's it just, doesn't go away. That's it, you know. Yep, it doesn't. My, my, die my mother was part of, you know, basically part of the stolen generation herself, and you know she was abused as a child. And when I hear all that, it hurts me. So you know that 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 mm. gener intergenerational tra trauma is powerful. Um, so uh, while this day, while this day, while sorry, this day. sorry, sorry, yeah. yeah. No, the exact number on the children who were removed may never be known. However, oh, yeah. there are very few families who have never been unaffected. In some families, children from three or more generations were taken. Mm. On this day, we acknowledge the ongoing grief and loss experienced by many individuals and their families, and we recognise the pain and intergenerational trauma that continues. That's what it I was does. talking about. That's yeah. right, yeah. exactly as you were saying, Ava. Yeah. Oppression and discrimination of past generations government policies. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been subject to various government policies that resulted in oppressive and discriminatory conditions. In what has been referred to the killing times, massacres of Aboriginal people occurred from 1788 to 1928. And in fact, you probably could say it's still going on today. Yep. The survivors of this frontier violence were then subject to protection policies, in inverted commas. Mm. During this, quote, protectors, during this era, quote, protectors were appointed and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations were segregated onto reserves, missions and government settlements. This time of, quote, protection was not an era of benevolence. Beginning in the late 19th century, the protection era... And I'll just emphasise that every time I say it because yeah. it doesn't mean protection. No. Involved controlling every aspect of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's lives. This included forced confinement, institutionalisation and forcible child removals. An official policy of assimilation was established in 1937. The policy was defined at the 1961 Native Welfare Conference of Federal and State Ministers in these terms. The policy of assimilation means that all Aborigines and part Aborigines, and they used to be referred to as quarter Aborigines mm. and half Aborigines, didn't they, Eva? It yeah. wasn't just part Aborigines, are expected to attain same, the same manner of living as other Australians 
and to live as members of a single Australian community, enjoying the same rights and privileges and accepting the same customs and influenced by the same <laughs> beliefs as other Australians. Yeah. Well, ain't that a joke? <laughs> but this was never the case. The article goes on. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people had no say on mm. this policy, nor any freedom to decline it. The notion that they were ever intended to enjoy the same rights and privileges as white folk is a lie. National Sorry Day. The first National Sorry Day, Sorry Day was held on May the 26th, 1998, one year after the tabling of the report from the National Inquiry into the separation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families. The, the inquiry examined the removal of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families and communities. A key recommendation of the report was that reparations be made. Almost a decade after that, on February 13, 2008, then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd delivered an apology to the members of the Stolen Generations. Mm. This is often heralded as an historic day. And indeed, it was important for people who had been impacted by being forcibly removed from their families to finally have a government tell the truth. Rudd, however, firmly stated the government had no intention to consider compensation. While there is yet to be a national reparation scheme, various states and territories have developed reparation strategies to provide monetary compensation to members of the Stolen Generations, Sadly, many members of the Stolen Generations have passed before they could mm. receive reparations and there's no mechanism, mechanism to pay it forward to their family. Sorry means you do not do it again. When Rudd delivered his apology 14 years ago, there were 9,070 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children in out-of-home care in Australia. That number has since risen to about 18,900. That's a staggering figure. Yeah, well, it's so much for it having finished, yeah. Yeah. And Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children now represent more than 41%. Let's just wrap your head around that. 41% of all children in out-of-home care. Aboriginal journalist Alan Clark has referred to the growing number of our, of our children in out-of-home care as a terrible crisis that has continued since Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children were first snatched from their families almost a century ago. Commemorations such as Sorry Day serve as a permanent link between present and past generations, committing them to memory and assigning them with importance, meaning and purpose. National Sorry Day commemorates not only the past but the continuity of just injustice borne by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. All the stories in the world will not provide su uh, justice, support or compensation for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who were forcibly removed from their families. Remembering this significant day is the least we can do. And just, I just want to underline that, the least we can do. And it is the least we can do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the very bottom line. Um, yeah, and I think that it's something that we really need to take account of is the statistics that relate to yeah. First Nations I mean. health are still pretty much the same as they were 60 years ago well, or yeah. 70 years ago. It's yeah. in 1967 yeah. when they had yeah. that, um, you know, so-called um, assimilation policy going. Let's just going. go back to that 41%. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, I mean, that's, it's that's, that's almost half of all children. That's a lot. Is it represented by one First group? Nations people. One group. Yep. You know, so that's not, that's, for me, that's not, you know, um, uh, I mean, it's not staggering. It's That's a an epidemic. And that's not the policy of pulling children away no. necessarily from a, from First Nations people. That's the policy of interfering in families. That's right. Yeah. But it just impacts First Nations children more than it does, well, to 41% of the out-of-home care. That's right. Was I was actually there on that day, 13th of, of February 2000. I was there that day mm. at the Aboriginal 10 Embassy yep. um, when Rad made that apology. And it was it was, it was a very emotional experience. Like, oh, I bet. You know, there was so many of us, so many aunts, uncles, just you know, crying. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was just it was you know we're just cuddling each other, like you know, finally we're being recognised, and you know that. But but it's still happening. Yeah. You know, there was it didn't it's not only still it. happening, getting yeah. getting worse. Yeah. But so yeah, no, that was, that was watched, a very very emotional day to be a part yeah. to be a part of. How does I was there and, yeah, well, you know, I was emotional. I know I cried and, yeah. you know, I cried for my people, for my ancestors, for my descendants. Well, and we thought things were going to happen. That's I it. mean, and, but nothing did. Yeah. They yeah. just said sorry and that was it and all about it was all over. You know, uh, look, hopefully this new government, and I'm, I know it's, it's a, it's, it was symbolic and that's all it is at the moment, but just the flag going behind him, that's, that was a uh, huge. Yeah. I saw that. You know, I did, and that's that's a massive I don't know thing. If, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that's a start of something. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Well, we have in, we have an indigenous um, minister or a minister for mm. indigenous mm. affairs actually is from the Aboriginal yeah, people. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. we would hope that. Ken White, was that the last minister? Um, Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He started a lot of work with consulting with um, uh, Indigenous populations or First Nations populations around the country, Mm. looking at what needed to be done. And she was saying over the week on on the TV, after they had been... um, after it had been admitted that they were, you know, government, they'd been it had been acknowledged that they now had government, and now they have seventy six mm. seats in yeah. the parliament. Yeah. They have the power behind them. Yeah. She said that they hope that to continue on with the work that he undertook, and to improve upon it and make things work better. Yeah. So let's hope that that's exactly well, what I've got it means. Got me fingers and toes crossed. Given your family history, well, you aren't the only one. Yeah. Given your family history, I mean, what? So, can you maybe talk about what that day meant for your mum? Maybe you know, like the sorry day. Like, what does that mean for your family? You know. Well, at that time, it just you know, it felt I don't know, I don't know. But we had that piece of um, feeling of peace. Mm, mm, you know, like yeah. We finally, we finally had a little bit of rec- reconciliation there. You know what I mean? A little started, bit started. It was yeah. the start of that reconciliation, yeah. and it was good. It was a good feeling. You know, we had this, and because when and there was thousands of us, you know, yeah, at yeah. the embassy, because it went all the way up from the Aboriginal embassy, yeah. ten embassy, past old uh, old Parliament House, up all the way up to the lawns that way. Yeah. So and then they had the big screen. And I guess, yeah, it was just, it's just, you know, it was just overwhelming and emotional. Mm. You know, mum, I saw mum with tears in her eyes, you know. It was just, that, 
it was yeah a feeling of peace yeah. came upon us and it was good it was good. it was a good feeling yeah and i hope to god that we can as first nations people we can get that feeling again close that bloody gap man. and yeah. here we are 14 years later and not one step further <sighs> yeah. forward yeah, yeah. Oh, so let's see uh, let's see how you know we, we'll bryce would you like to uh, we're going to go to a song first well, yeah, and then we'll okay. come back and we'll read the statement, okay? It's because it ties in with um, Stolen Generation and stuff. So I'm going to go to Yothu Yindi Treaty. Oh, cool. All right. So, ah, so with Yothu Yindi, my niece is named Yindi and she was actually hey. named after hey. Yothu Yindi. So, <laughs> yeah, right. yes, so. A bit of um, tying into the song there. I like that, yeah, Eva. Cool. All right. You're listening to News from the Drug Warfront on People Powered Radio 2XXFM 98.3. You are listening to News from the Drug Warfront uh, Reconciliation Edition on People Powered Radio 2XFM 98.3, and that was Treaty by the Yothu Yindi. Welcome back, people. Okay. Listen, I know a good proportion of our listeners um, haven't heard Statements from the Heart. We read it in this uh, on the radio, well, on this program five years ago when it first came out, and it certainly made it very difficult. To uh, for the for Amy who was reading it at the time to go through it, and I think uh, Wayne ended up finishing it. But the statement from the heart is the bit from which the three particular items are being taken that Indigenous or First Nations people want. Mm. Okay, so the Uluru statement from the heart says, "We gathered at the 2017 National Consti- Constitutional Convention, coming from all points of the Southern Sky." make this statement from the heart. Our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Islander tribes were the first sovereign, sovereign nations of the Australian continent and its adjacent islands and possessed it under our own laws and customs. This our ancestors did according to the reckoning of our culture from the creation according to the common law from time immemorial and having accorded to science more than 60 years ago. This sovereignty is a special notion, the ancestral tie between the land and or mother nature and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who were born there, sorry, therefrom, remain attached thereto and must one day return thither to be united with our ancestor. Mm. This this link is the basis of the ownership of the soil, or better, of sovereignty. It has never been conceded or extinguished and mm. coexists with the sovereignty of the Crown. Uh, I'm going to have to move that up, and I can't do that. How could it be otherwise that people possessed the land for 60 years? Okay. That people possessed... <laughs> How can it be otherwise? Where are we up to? There. That people possessed a land for 60 millennia and this sacred link disappears from world history in merely the last 200 years. With substantive constitutional change and structural reform, we believe this ancient sovereignty can shine through as a fuller expression of Australia's nationhood. Yeah. Proportionally, we are the most incarcerated people on the planet. We are not an innately criminal people. Mm. Our children are alienated from their families at unprecedented rates. We've just mentioned that. This cannot be because we have no love for them and our 
youth languish in detention in obscene numbers. Mm. They should be our hope for the future. These dimensions of our crisis tell plainly the structure of na- structural nature of our problem. This is the torment of our powerlessness. We seek constitutional reforms to empower our people and take a rightful place in our own country. Mm. When we have a power over our destiny, our children will flourish, they will walk in two worlds and their culture will be a gift to their country. We call for the establishment of a First Nations voice enshrined in the Constitution. Makarata is the culmination of our agenda, the coming together after a struggle. Mm. It captures our aspirations for a fair and truthful relationship with the people of Australia and a better future for our children based on justice and self-determination. We seek a Makarata Commission to supervise a process of agreement-making between governments and First Nations and truth-telling about our history. Mm. In 1967, we were counted... In 2017, we seek to be heard. We leave base camp and start our trek across this vast country. We invite you to walk with us in a movement of the Australian people for a better future. Mm. Now that should have been considered one of the most powerful statements that we have heard ever. That was from a conjoint, a conjuncted, uh, a community of First Nations people sent living at Uluru or at Uluru at the time and it took them some time to get those words together and to get them right. And it's important that we as white new folk take notice of people who have been here for 60 million years and not seek (laughs) to assimilate them into our culture but acknowledge that what they know about this country is so much more than we could ever hope to know. I might add that the army have sent sent people up to the Northern Territory and into the bush to try and instead of uh, instead of consulting with First Nations people, yeah. sought to get the health and welfare and well-being um, origins of the plant, the bush life, the bush culture. To, so that we would know, we the white folk would know yeah. how First Nations people cured illness and disease mm-hmm. and we yeah. have no knowledge of it. We're relying right. on multinationals. But First Nations people have known a lot about that, although we brought a lot of illness with us that <laughs> that we can't repair and they may not know how to cure, but to actually go and have a look at the bush and not seek to engage with First Nations people is an abomination and we should be ashamed of ourselves for doing that and that alone. Yes. So I just wanted to let people know that that is what the statement from the heart means. It was released five years ago and still has only now been acknowledged as a statement from the heart, meaning of meaning, of issue of importance as well as from the middle of Australia. Mm, yeah. Anyway, that's my bit. No, I mean, Thank it's you, Marianne. important words then, important words now. Definitely. You know. I hadn't changed. Yeah. I mean, we, well, yeah. You, I don't know what to say about it, Maz. 
I think you probably should. I'd like you to read Jimmy's um, grandfather's I, letter if that's yes, okay. Yes, I will go You're to the right next that, song. Uh, we're going to have another track first. Uh, Eva, what's this next one called? Oh, this is, you know, you, you picked it. So it uh, should be... <laughs> Shade Away. Shade Away. And yep. it's from uh, by a duo band, Electric Fields, who are an Aboriginal Australian electronic music duo made up of vocalist Zachariah Fielding, the feminine black gay front person of the band, and a keyboard player and producer, Michael Ross. Yes. Electric Fields combine modern electric soul with Aboriginal culture and sing in Pichanjara and Yakanjara. English, Pichanjara and Yakanjara are the tribe names and language of the Pichanjara people from north of South Australia. So enjoy. And I can tell you, they're deadly. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> I watched them live deadly. on Sunday and, yeah, yeah they ab- had me absolutely captivated. Uh, Is that that tranny? tranny yeah. Beg your yeah. pardon if yeah. that's an offensive word, but, you know, LGBTQI. I get tired of using it, but it's really nice to know that they're in, it's an inclusive. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so for the binary brothers and sisters, let's listen. All right, let's get it. <laughs> News from the Drug Warfront Reconciliation Edition. You're listening to 2XXFM on 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. And you should join 2XX, by the way, yes. and become a sponsor. Very important. Uh, People Powered Radio is really important, and if you have not become a member or a sponsor of 2XX, you should get in contact with them, uh, perhaps do their volunteer course, and if you have something important to say or a group you want to represent and want to recruit more people to or an issue you want to discuss and make available to the people of the ACT and surrounding district, 2XX is public radio. You can have access to that the way we do. Make your make your feelings known. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Eva, you want to tell us about next of oh, this week's and NAIDOC uh, oh, stuff So on, on Friday we had a good... Um, uh, we joined the um, outreach team for the barbecue and uh, for Reconciliation Day. So um, I went and got some crocodile meat and kangaroo and we made some kangaroo kebabs and I served some crocodile meat. And nearly everybody that had it was the first time in this forum, so that was, <laughs> it was it was really good, actually. Yeah, I'm not a fan of croc. I've no. had it before in a snag. And, yeah, What's it like? No. Well, to me, you know, it didn't taste like chicken. Everyone said it tastes like chicken. No, but, no. Everybody nah. says everything tastes nah. like chicken. Snake tastes <laughs> like chicken. It tastes more like... It tastes like chicken. It tastes, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> it tastes like crocodile. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was really good. So, and, and in, um, so we've been offered uh, by ACOS uh, to host the stall at the NADOC um, event in Woden, in Woden Square there. So we'll be hosting a stall there and we'll be giving out some goodies and whatnot and also probably serve some crocodile meat. I'm hoping to get some wallaby meat and um, some other meats from some other... I know there's kangaroo meat at uh, I can get, Woolies. You can get that from yeah. Woolies and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be, we'll be serving some... Um, and what day will that be uh, that's on the 5th of July. 5th of July. Yeah. So okay. come in, have a look, and so we'll be there with the other mobs in the square the square centre. Yep. And yeah. make yourself Woden. known. Make yourself yeah. known to the, the community because then. when you're at something like NADOC Week, you can be anybody from anywhere. Yeah. You can basically, so you don't even have to be a peer drug user yeah. just to walk up to Karma and find out what Karma's all about and how it can help members of your family or your mob. Yeah, that's it. Yeah? That's right. Yeah. So the next part we've got is a, uh, a statement that, uh, has come from us from connection worker Jimmy Capine, and it's his grandfather's statement 
Uh, that was read before the ACT Legislative Assembly. Um, Sergeant Arms members, Mr. John Williams Mosley, who representing the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Cons Consultative Council. The following statement. Mr. Williams Mosley. Mr. Speaker, may I first all observe Aboriginal protocol by paying my respects to the traditional owners of this country, the Ngunnawal people. Having done that, I wish to acknowledge and commend the actions of the Legislative Assembly in offering an apology to those Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the ACT who have suffered as a result of best practices of forced separation from their families. Mm. I would also like to express my sincere thanks to the Assembly for providing the opportunity today here in this place for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to speak from experience about the policies and practices of forced separation. Mr Speaker, I have read the Hansard transcript of 17th of June when a motion was moved in response to bringing them home report. As the Chief Minister stated in moving this motion, it marked an important and historic step in the healing and reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous members of the ACT community. What was even of even greater significance to me, however, was the unconditional agreement by all members of the Assembly in commending the motion and their attendant comments which showed not only a great deal of knowledge and understanding of the issues, human, social, cultural and political, emanating from the inquiry's report, but also their ready acceptance that true reconciliation will never be achieved in this country without first acknowledging the past. Mr Speaker, the story of forced removal from within my family began in 1946 when my mother was removed. It is in my memory, my brother's and sister's memories, and those of my niece and nephews who were also removed. They are not historical, nor distant or remote memories. We cannot consign them to the past, as some peoples would prefer us to do. They are lived, and they are relived every day of our lives nor are they, any, are they isolated incidents or the aberrations of a few. My family's story is a familiar and common one within the broader Indigenous community. However, like so many aspects of, of Aboriginal Australia, our stories have been hidden or excluded from public view for so long. The National Inquiry into the Separation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families was an important and earnest attempt to provide the Australian community with the facts as they relate to the extent and nature of this country's assimilation policies. And even though the impact of inquiries, <coughs> even though the impact of inquiries findings has led this assembly to describe such practices as abhorrent, de determining that they will not happen in the ACT. There is still a prevailing attitude in the broader community that what was done was done with the best intentions and in the best interests of the child. Notwithstanding the argument now being offered that previous assimilation policies should not be viewed by today's standards or values, I continue to have great difficulty in understanding how such reasoning is used to nullify the facts elicited from the inquiry which, in essence, substantiated that the policies of forced removal were an act of genocide. As defined in the 1940 Genocide Convention, 
that such policies incorporated gross violations of human rights by persons in authority. That such policies denied Aboriginal people substantive common law legal rights and that such policies affected the loss and culture of identity. And that is the statement and um, a powerful statement at that. It sure is. Yeah. Mm. I might add, um, Monica from also from Karma and from, is running a group, uh, the Jude Byrne Memorial yes. Group, and that's about women who've had their children taken from them because it hasn't finished the separation of women and and children, and it's because they look like drug users or because yeah. they were drug users. So I think it's really important that we remember that that in fact when you come to looking at First Nations women losing their children, mm. you also have to consider that children are being taken from people. First Nation women, drug users, just think of the the multiplicity of characteristics yeah, yeah, that yeah. that drives the removal of children from families. Once you pull a family apart, you can't put it back together in exactly the same way. It no. requires work, doesn't it, Eva? Yeah. You've just had five brought back to yeah. your family yeah. and it's taken work, yeah? Yeah, a lot of work. How long, away, how long were they removed for? Six years. Six years. And how do you change... What do you do after six years? How do you make a new family out of six years of forced separation? Um, it's, it's hard, but... You know, because we were consistent with the visits as well, we never missed a visit, you know. So, so they always knew so they you always, wanted them. always knew yeah. who we were. Yeah. So. so always remember that they might not like you at times, but your parents always love you. Your family always loves you. They just might like you. Yeah. I want to thank Jimmy uh, <coughs> Capine for allowing us to read that statement out. Um, yes. Yeah, so thank you, Jimmy. Um, we're going to go to another song right now. Um, I've picked this one, Eva. All right, so this is... Now, I'm going to give you the title. Uh, where are my glasses? If you find it, <laughs> on your head. Coloured, coloured Stone. <laughs> All right, who's the artist? Come on, Black Boy. Is oh, that the yeah. artist? So it's Black Boy? No, that's the song. Oh, okay, so Black who's the Boy. artist? Coloured Stone is the band. All oh, right, there yeah. you go. Because, uh-huh. you, you know, I've got files on my computer. With yeah, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy here. All right, thank you. You're listening to News from the Drug Warfront. Welcome back here on News from the Drug Warfront <laughs> Reconciliation Show. Uh, it's been deadly, I can tell you. <laughs> People want to kill me in the studio right no, now. No, we don't. Yeah, you do. We've don't done, lie. We've done wonderfully. Look, you can jump on the station's website, 2XFM.org.au. Give us some feedback. Also sponsor, also volunteer, also do a lot of other stuff. And 6253 yes. is Karma's number if you ever want to get in touch. Glad you can remember it off heart like that. Cause Absolutely, darling. I've been doing it for look at five business years. Cards. <laughs> <laughs> What's that number again? <laughs> Police are... The next article is uh, by John BuckleyVice.com. I love Vice, actually. Yeah, awesome. They do some fabulous uh, stories. Police are creating a higher risk of overdoses at Australian festivals, study finds, and experts say a new approach to policing would save lives. Well, what a surprise. (laughs) In Australia, music festival goers say they would prefer to try their luck self-managing a potentially life-threatening overdose than seeking life-saving help fearing they would end up taken away by cuffs in, poli- in cuffs by police. And researchers say, page five, and researchers say 
The findings only confirm what they have been demanding for years, a top-down rethink of drug policing strategies across the country. According to the largest survey of drug using, young festival goers undertaken in Australia, just under a third of the 1,229 people questioned over the course of a full summer festival season, said that the fear of getting arrested by police was the biggest barrier between seeking help, either for themselves or for their friends, while at a music festival. Well, at a major music festival, beg your pardon. The study follows in the footsteps of other like it around, others like it around the world, which have drawn a nexus between aggressive policing strategies and the barriers they mount in the face of at-risk users of drugs looking for health support. Similar findings in Canada and Portugal have each led to more progressive criminal exemptions for bystanders, calling for the help of police in the event of an overdose. And it was only recently that a coronial inquest into the deaths at festivals in New South Wales directly linked prohibitionist policing strategies to higher drug-related deaths at festivals. Mm. Well, we knew that anecdotally anyway, let alone having research. We've always got to have research to... So that we know officially. Yeah. So then the pill, pill testing yeah, things are exactly important. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking. We've known yeah, that for ages. It, yeah? yeah. And the fifth, the hundred, what were the hundred and fifty recommendations? Yeah. Came mm. out of that report in New South Wales, and they were all ignored by Gladys Berejiklian. Terrible. Yeah. Those findings led to the 2019 introduction of the on-the-spot fines for those caught with small amounts of drugs, as opposed to criminal prosecution. So that's, sorry, similar findings in Canada and Portugal, that was. Mm. Um, But researchers still think there's vast room for improvement as police continue to intimidate people within an inch of our lives, of their lives. And I was saying, I don't know if it was last week or sometime during the week, I still get freaked out when I see a police uniform. Mm. When, as soon as I see a uniform, I feel guilty immediately doesn't matter what I'm doing, what I'm carrying, how I'm behaving. It frightens me. So, quote, fear has been openly acknowledged as a feature and not a bug of policing young people in some jurisdictions across Australia. Dr. David Caldercott, an ED emergency department consultant and senior lecturer in the Faculty of Medicine at the Australian National University, told Vice... Young people across the eastern states know the tactic well. It was only three years ago that the New South Wales Police Commissioner, Mick Fuller, stood by the use of controversial police power after a 16-year-old girl was strip-searched at a music festival in 2018, and we knew about that one. Terrible. At the time, naked and strip-searched. It's atrocious. child. At the time, full of warmth that crime would only increase if people did not fear the police. So that just shows you. Your go, Ava. Page six, my love. I might uh, jump in, Ava. You can get the page. In a text exchange from Italy where Dr. Keldercott was taking part in the nation's national disaster exercise, he mentioned that his, intentional, the int- his international harm reduction colleagues were aghast at some of the policing practices that had been allowed to continue in Australia and predominantly targeted at young people at the obvious cost of lives. It is a sentiment well supported by the newly released study and shared by his colleagues. 
For Peter Malin's lecture in criminology and justice studies at RMIT, the biggest takeaway for decision makers across the country should be to begin treating drug use, whether illicit or not, as a health matter, not a criminal one, and stop assuming we can somehow do both at the same time. Criminalising, policing and punishing those who use drugs actively deters people from seeking health advice and support, Malin's told Vice. Portugal has shown a world a better way of decriminalising all drugs by shifting money, see money from policy into healthcare and education. It's a time Australia and the rest of the world followed the lead. At the height of the crippling heroin epi epidemic in the 90s, Portugal responded the same way governments in the UK and the US have done it before, introducing even harsher policies and punishments for those caught high or with drugs on their person. As a result, the nation's prison population became dominated by inmates who had been slapped with drug-related criminal prosecutions and later suffered an addiction epidemic of their own. But in 2001, Portugal took a leap of faith. It became the first country in the world to decriminalise the consumption of all drugs. Some two decades later. While the US is still fighting in some iteration of the war on drugs as opioid deaths surpass 100,000. Portugal's drug-induced death rate has plummeted to just a fraction of the scene across the EU, across Europe. Uh, unfortunately, look, we're going to have to stop that story there. We don't have time to finish it. We'll bring it to you next week. Uh, uh, we'll continue it on. Thank you so much, Eva, for being with us. It's been Thank a great you. show. Thank you, Maz. Um, it's to be on the show Brad. again. It's been a while. And listen, can we do a big shout-out to Jeffrey? And yes. I hope you're having a lovely time. He is having a lovely time. In the warmth and uh. get better. <laughs> get better, Tom. Get better, um. Chloe. And a shout-out to Mary and all our other regular...